Is there a cryptid that can move faster than the speed of light? If there are infinite parallel universes, how do I get to one where I made better life choices? <laughs> Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This, this Paranormal Life. Life. Yo! Hey. Welcome back to This Paranormal Life, the weekly comedy podcast where every Tuesday we investigate a different tale, case, or claim and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. That's right. As always, you're joined by myself, Mr. Kit Grimovena, this guy across from me, Mr. Roy Pars. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing fantastic. And you know, just speaking about parallel universe versions of ourselves, yeah. you know, it is conceivable, guys, that somewhere out there, there is a podcast called This Parallel Life. Wow. And it's just us hosting a show where we did everything right for once. It's hard to believe. I know you guys love this show, but uh, it is a train wreck. And it's, uh, it's, Man, a, damn, you know it. it's a damn crying shame. Um, and it's, like a, out, it's like a car crash. You can't look away. The numbers are going up every week, and that's the only explanation we have. But it's out there somewhere in the multiverse. There is two just slightly <laughs> handsomer, slightly more jacked, ripped, and accomplished men uh, whose dads still talk to them and who drive actually who just have cars how yeah. about that they don't yeah. even drive nice cars they just have a car i ride a scooter to work all right and not one of those fancy electric ones i had to steal mine off a child wow like a mini scooter yeah one of those tiny little it barely reaches my knees i have to haunch over like a little clown oh i see it in the hallway it's a it's a trike it's not even a scooter <laughs> yeah it was a, the guy was only four years old he's not gonna have a he's not moped, a guy it's an infant then <laughs> the infant wasn't going to have a moped then, was he? He wasn't going to have a Mini Cooper. I had to gank his little bike. Right. To be fair, the guys who own Mini Coopers are quite large and might fight back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly why I couldn't go for them. Let's stop beating around the bush. Let's dive straight into today's investigation. Today's episode actually came as a listener submission. That's at thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this email read, Hey guys, love the podcast. Listening in from the French Alps. This case has a lot to give you and has not yet told all its secrets. Here's an article about it. Wow. Keep it up, guys. Proud of you. Brackets. Kit in particular. Signed, Tommy. Wow, rude. Thank you so much, Tommy, uh, especially just for the kind words and, and just the, the big ups in the podcast. Appreciate you listening every week, Tommy. Super rude, but it's fine. Our story today begins in France, 1951. We are in very southern France in a tiny and picturesque town called Pont Saint-Esprit, a place with a population of only around 4,000 people. And on the 16th of August that very same year, the local postman, Leon Amounier, a young man in his late 20s was traveling his usual route through the town by bicycle. But as he pedaled, he started to feel a little nauseous. Leon slowed his bike down and concentrated on the feeling, hoping it would pass. But it didn't. The nausea started intensifying, if anything. Leon knew it wasn't just a stomach cramp, because suddenly his senses were failing him too. The world's becoming shaky and blurry. Oh, that's not good. As if in slow motion. I mean, I know that, you know, in France, you know, they might they take a little break, work break, maybe a little glass of wine. Yeah. But this is first thing in the morning on the postal route. And this isn't just like a little red wine buzz he's got on. Yeah, this seems a lot more The world serious. is fading around him. If you got a bit of a tummy bug, you might feel a little achy. You shouldn't have like the space-time continuum blur and around the corners of your vision. That's so. That's something else for sure. <laughs> the Cheshire cat started grinning yeah. inside his bike basket. Unless that indigestion is caused by the eating of a wizard's crystal, right? I wouldn't assume that uh, that it's related to anything that you ate. 
That's right, the world became shaky and blurry around him, and as if in slow motion, the next thing he knew, he had crashed his bicycle and was hurtled to the ground. He closed his eyes and opened them, hoping that his senses would be restored if he could just shake himself awake. But by now, the nausea was crippling, and he had started to see the impossible. That's right, he accidentally ate a witch's crystal. Uh-oh! Evil forces coming into his belly here, guys. That's right, it isn't some Dumbledore. This is some Medusa-style hag's crystal. <laughs> and it was past the expiry date. Not that that should affect a crystal, but if you're going to eat a crystal, make sure it's still good. Yeah, it might as well be fresh. Yeah, he checks it, and it's like, first of September, 1500 AD. Oh, boy, <laughs> that would explain the cramps. <laughs> oh, no. Because if that thing is cursed from the day it's made, think how cursed it is after another 500 years of lying around in the back of the fridge. Yeah. (laughs) Over 60 years later, Leon would claim, It was terrible. I had the sensation that I kept shrinking and shrinking, and there was fire and serpents coiling around my arms. Some passers-by in the street must have seen him fall off the bike because he started to see a crowd forming around him. And as he blinked in and out of consciousness, the last thing he remembered was being lifted into an ambulance, taken away to get help at least. But for Leon, his day was only beginning. In a 2010 interview when asked about the events of 16th August 1951, Leon said, I'd prefer to die rather than go through that again. Oh my god. What, just falling off the bike or, or more? <laughs> no, what, okay, what, more? what's uh, to come? Oh, okay, I was like, oh my, really? Was it that sore? It was the worst moment of my life. <laughs> Everything was rosy after that. The pebbles lodged in my knee. Some pretty ladies saw me fall. It was very embarrassing. In a town of 4,000, I am a laughing stock. <laughs> my bike bell, broken. The next time Leon became conscious, he was still laying on his back but now staring against what appeared to be a hospital ceiling. The snakes had stopped coiling around his arms, but come to think of it, he couldn't move his arms. He looked down to see that he was wearing a straitjacket. In a moment of panic, he struggled to break free, but it was impossible. Not only was he wrapped in a straitjacket, but he was chained tightly to the hospital bed. Oh my god. He couldn't move an inch. I always find it funny when people wake up in a straitjacket that their first instinct is to be like, because <laughs> <laughs> there's obviously a reason you're in that thing and trying to get out in that fashion isn't going to do you any favors <laughs> to like right. the people who put you there in the first place. Yeah, you should probably just be like, excuse me, hey nurse, um, yeah. I just woke up and I'm a little confused about what's going on. Yeah. If you could just maybe run me through the last few hours. Exactly. If you come to and they're like, are you sure we needed the straitjacket? I mean, he doesn't seem to get me the f- out of this thing. It's like, you're not going to get out of the straitjacket. It's like, it's already a red flag that you don't know why you're in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said there were snakes on your arms for some reason. They'll bite you if you don't let me out of here. It was only then he noticed the sound, an overwhelming, horrible, screeching noise. He scanned the room from his lying position to see that he wasn't alone in this room. There were three other men on three other beds, all straitjacketed, all chained to their beds. Whoa! But they were violently trying to break out. None of them are using every muscle in their body. (laughs) 
Like, the thrashing wildly doesn't seem to be working too well for John over there, but I'm going to give it a go because I feel like if we combine our energies, something might happen. <laughs> These guys can't get out, so I assume I'm the one of four that can. <laughs> Leon said. They were thrashing wildly, screaming, and the sound of the metal beds jumping up and down. The noise was terrible. Most disturbingly of all from Leon's account was that they weren't even trying to escape Rory. He said they were trying to jump out the window. This is crazy. From his hospital bed, Leon still didn't know what had happened or why he and these men had been affected. But he now knew he wasn't alone. Something had happened to the people of Pont Saint-Esprit. And over the coming days, it would only get worse. What a start. What a what a great start for an episode. Like place yourself in Leon's position. Like the chaos of like going from being completely fine to falling off your bike and being like, I don't know, I feel dizzy, I guess. Yeah. To the next moment you are conscious to be str- apparently in one flew over the f- cuckoo's nest. <laughs> that is 0 to 100. <laughs> I can't tell whether I would be more or less comforted by realizing that there's other people chained yeah. up as well. Maybe worse. I think it's worse. Because that ramps up the whole situation. You're like, it's not just me and something weird is happening. It's like, this is affecting a, a whole group of people. Yeah, that it's almost like this isn't a mistake. They didn't like wrap me up by accident thinking I'm someone else. It's like, no, they think I'm one of these, whatever these are. Yeah, that means that the, the chill voice thing, it ain't going to work because your brothers <laughs> over there are flopping like magic carps. All right. They're not letting any of you sons of bitches out of these chains. <laughs> I do like to imagine at some point in the day after maybe eight to nine hours of screaming and thrashing, they're like, guys, let's put on our poshest voices possible and like talk about poetry for like 10 minutes. Just see if that works. Just being like, say, Gilbert, is your straitjacket confining you at all? Oh, no, I don't mind it at all. I feel rather cozy in here. Say, nurse, would you mind loosening my arm for a moment? <laughs> and you know, the second he gets out, he's just like freed from the straitjacket. All the chains drop off. He's like, oh, thank you very yeah! Starts stabbing everyone. It's like, they let you out. You were free to go. You you didn't have to be crazy. You weren't anymore. crazy when you got here. Big mistake, f- I'm institutionalized. They're like, it's been two hours. You're like, the worst part is they're obviously not going to let the rest of us go now. Because Steve just blew it for all of us. He just blew it for all of us. 30 minutes later, Steve is like brought back in in the, in the straight jacket. Didn't work, guys. You've got another plan? <laughs> God damn. That was the plan! <laughs> Dave's like, f*** it. I think we've got to go window. Window's <laughs> the only way out, baby. Like finding Nemo. <laughs> they all have to get out and worm their way into the canal. Hard cut to him, like, broken ribs, just faced on. Still in the straight jacket, by the way. Yeah, but in the garden. In fact, because of the noise inside the hospital... Leon could be forgiven for not being able to hear the world outside the window. If he had, he would have realized what was happening inside the ward was happening everywhere. Even as darkness fell over the town, there was no escape from the screaming and chaos in the street because one effect of this mysterious condition meant that no one could sleep. Oh my god! One man started smashing all the furniture in his house because he was seeing demons invade his home that no one else could see. When he was finally tied down by passers-by using thick leather straps, 
he reportedly chewed through them, destroying most of his teeth. Oh my god! A husband and wife, in a bout of some sort of mania, grabbed kitchen knives and started trying to kill each other. A little girl ran through the streets, screaming and running, claiming that tigers were chasing her. And everywhere, people thought the town itself was burning. One man thought snakes were eating his brain, so he jumped out of an open window. Oh my, this is crazy. Allegedly, another man jumped from a window, broke both his legs, stood up, and kept (laughs) running. Wow, this reminds me a little bit of a case we investigated where the dancing plague took over a town. (laughs) A little less sinister version (laughs) of this one, where, um, well, up until a point where everyone danced themselves to death, literally. Whereas this time, it seems to be some sort of mass hysteria where people are hallucinating and seeing just basically hell engulf this town. Exactly right. I mean, it is somewhat similar in the sense that it's gone from the totally mundane to just falling off a bicycle and feeling a little queasy to suddenly some people literally leaping to their deaths. One man attempted to run and jump straight into the river before others stopped him. He was yelling... I am dead. My head is made of copper. I have snakes in my stomach. They are burning me. People were ripping their beds open and trying to hide inside them. (laughs) One guy believed he was in the circus and tightrope walked across a cable on a suspension bridge. Okay, we get him. Another man began convulsing and immediately started writing out hundreds of pages of euphoric poetry. And as soon as he was done, that's right, he tried to jump out of the window. Of course, his head is a snake. All of this is too strange to believe. Yeah. But it was only 60 years ago. I mean, unlike the dancing plague we've covered in a previous episode, which was, I think, a couple of hundred years ago, and other instances of mass hysteria like that have gone back hundreds of years, Yeah. very few in recent times, this one is within living memory. So we have highly detailed primary sources. In fact, on the New York Times website, you can literally wind back the clock to 1951 and read about this event in detail. Their reporter even wrote that it wasn't only humans that were affected. They saw a dog jump into the air, (laughs) run around in circles, then start eating and crunching rocks until its teeth started to chip apart and it fell over dead. This is... Insane. The weirdest part for me is that there doesn't seem to be any a correlation between what the people are doing. Because uh, as you said, like some people are just having a terrible time and trying to jump into rivers or jump out windows. But then you have these people r- writing pages and pages of poetry. Or maybe the weirdest one for me is someone trying to climb into their own bed, their yeah. own mattress. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> What do you think's in there? If I tried to do that, I, it wouldn't. I wouldn't get very far. I, I guess, of course, these days we've like memory foam. You're not getting anywhere in that thing. Yeah, you can't let the memories get out. <laughs> They're trapped in there for a reason. I guess back then you had springs. It, it doesn't make any sense at this point in the story. One of the most terrifying speculations is that this immediately goes one of two ways. Our temptation is to say that these people are hallucinating. 
Yeah. The other possibility is to say that these people have somehow tapped into some other level of consciousness that was maybe already there. This is like a kind of fairy realm. Right. Where, you know, the ghosts of disembodied snakes really are crawling over the ground. Yeah. We don't know what the mechanism was here. My, My eyes could be snakes right now, but we don't have the ability to see it. This whole room could be on fire. I should go in the mattress. We should podcast from the mattress. These people are starting to make a lot of sense. Imagine just like ripping open the mattress to find like 200 residents of a southern France town. (gasps) It's the portal to Narnia. But we don't know if the madness that has taken over these people is causing them to hallucinate. Or if some sort of paranormal vision is causing them to understandably freak out. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to view this, guys. And that's how that's how you move from learning about a paranormal instance to getting your mind blown clean out of your head with a paranormal shotgun. That's all right. right? Because, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, these guys were hallucinating because maybe something in the water, something got into the crops and the potatoes are wonky, you know, something like that. But how about this? Maybe you're hallucinating right now. This is looking what at I'm the re- looking at this world. Listen, maybe the real world is full of f-ing snakes, and I've got a copper head. You think of that? You f-ers at home need to get out a little paranormal toothbrush and scrub that third eye open. Yeah, because you're using your shitty little 2D peepers when there's a whole other dimension waiting to be seen. There's a 99% chance that nothing is real. Nothing in this room is real. This iPad. Right here, yeah. Is if I take it and broke it over my friggin' knee, it wouldn't well, even. The, don't, bah, wow. It wouldn't even make a dent. Well, oh, it's it smashed to pieces actually. Yeah, but in the same way you smash a dream to pieces, that it doesn't even really matter. Well, it's a weird analogy because, like, a dream falling to Shit, pieces I, is yeah. like upsetting. I also, I don't know if I had stuff backed up to the cloud, which is pretty annoying because because that's that's quite real actually because that's to do with your work yeah there's a bunch of pictures of my cousin's kid as well on there and stuff like things yeah just and actually as long as the warranty for the dream is activated then there's no consequence to life this is what we're saying people you know this guy jumped out of a window sure broke both his legs sure yeah it's france universal health (laughs) care you can experiment a little sure (laughs) you think your legs are snakes break them even if there's a 1% chance your legs are snakes, kill the snakes. And then if you find out later they weren't, hey, you know, live and learn. I feel like we've slightly moved past the point of um, giving testimonies about what was seen that day, but I just have one more I really need to get out. I Definitely, please. Not only did dogs fall over and die, but ducks were seen to stand up straight, start flapping their wings, and march like penguins together before falling over dead. What? Ducks are seeing these crazy third-eye visions. Yeah, wow. I wonder if those are the only two instances that were witnessed of animals going crazy, or if it's a duck and dog kind of virus. It is. I think the idea was it happened to all animals. It seemed to be the gist. Right. Kind of interesting as well, because I guess that's also it's like a different class of animals it's like if it was dogs and cats we kind of get it yeah but for it to happen to birds as well seems very bizarre yeah that's super weird also very exciting because i don't know this could be the first case of a possessed animal on this paranormal life have we had that before uh we've done phantom kangaroos (laughs) 
I think True. that's as close as we probably got to that. Athelhampton Ghost Monkey. Ghost Monkey. But, it was always but just it. ghosts, you know? Yeah, they're always kind of like haunted animals. Not really like animals possessed. But unless you, you're kind of edging into cryptids. But True. Yeah, this is super weird. But what I want to see more is like testimonials from people whose dog went from being a beautiful, cute, adorable little member of the family yeah. to... A, a little demon baby exactly patches started writing page after page of poetry before launching himself out of the top floor window despite the satanic content it was weird enough given that he couldn't write up to that date <laughs> the town of pont saint esprit was in chaos and the word spread quickly that hundreds of people were in danger help began to pour in from all over france Doctors, scientists, researchers, psychologists, anyone who could help was trying. But how could they help the townspeople if they had no idea what caused this in the first place? I was so worried you were going to say, but how could they help the townspeople if they were even madder? <laughs> That's right, they caught it. Day one. Oh, old Copperhead, <laughs> PhD. <laughs> he jumped straight into the river once he got the train down from Paris. <laughs> It seems like whatever happened to these people, it's over with, and this this weird mental state isn't infecting other people. If doctors are able to come into the town and examine patients. Yeah, the acute symptoms which affected the townspeople of Pont Saint-Esprit, that did last for several days. Right. And one of the factors that made it even more confusing and disturbing was that it wasn't like the hallucinations came and went. But actually, once those subsided, people were going into seizures Ooh. and then having dreadful after effects that were endangering their lives even further. So the thing was very protracted, but I know what you mean that the medical professionals didn't seem to be at risk of catching whatever this was. Right. It seemed to be located in this town alone. So late at night, one of the doctors who has traveled in from Paris is studying the case by candlelight, looking at their notes. What have they witnessed and experienced in the afflicted during the day? They are leafing through huge old medical textbooks trying to glean a clue about the symptoms. Can they find any record of anything like this in history of such a bizarre disease? And they did find one clue. There was a French medical record from 1816, mm. over a hundred years previous, of a bizarre and little understood outbreak called St. Anthony's Fire where hundreds of people in the streets went insane and suffered from terrifying hallucinations, but it had disappeared into medical history shortly afterwards. But the researcher was able to trace St. Anthony's fire back in time, almost 1,000 years. Wow. It turned out, around the year 1000 AD, medieval peasants all over Europe were going mad, starting to hallucinate, feeling that their skin was burning, and in some accounts, their limbs were actually falling off. At the time, it was considered a spiritual disease and believed that it was caused by something like demonic possession. Because St. Anthony was famous for his power over the forces of evil, it was said that he could use the power of God to cure people of this illness, and it became named after him. So there were similarities, but it didn't exactly add up. I mean, how could this be demonic possession? There had to be a more logical answer. Right. Something must link all the instances of St. Anthony's fire over the last thousand years. What do they all have in common? Until the doctor got it. Mother of God. It was the weather. 
What? The demonic possession, the madness and hallucination always followed an unusually rainy season. Not only that, but throughout history, all the people affected all ate rye bread. They survived largely on rye bread, these medieval peasants. They didn't have money for much else. Okay. It made perfect sense. And even in 1951, many people in France relied heavily on bread for many of their meals. The theory went that a very wet season meant that a type of fungi started to grow on the rye or wheat before it was harvested, something called ergot. Crucially, ergot has surprising mind-bending properties. It's believed, for example, that the Eleusinian mysteries of ancient Greece, which we should definitely talk about at some point, involved drinking something made from this type of fungi. Wow. It caused a divine spiritual experience. Unfortunately, the type that caused St. Anthony's fire was far more deadly, making your limbs fall off. Whoa! Not even like dreaming that your limbs are falling off it actually just oh yeah destroyed your body there's like uh kind of medieval paintings of like peasants in the street all walking around with like all of their limbs black and missing that's insane very creepy very weird and the silver bullet that tied all of this evidence together rory what do ducks eat what do ducks love what can they not get enough of my god bread ladies and gentlemen it doesn't get any simpler than that their f-ing beaks are falling off in the pond. These guys are tripping little duck balls. As soon as the doctors and researchers discovered this hypothesis, it spread like wildfire. The press, including the New York Times, stated this as fact. The number one most likely cause. And it was good enough for the locals, who were happy just to move on with their lives in the aftermath of this incident. This is crazy. This is some full metal alchemist bullshit right here which is i don't know if you've seen it popular anime uh where it establishes that the law of alchemy is based on the law of equivalent exchange all right if you want to perform some incredible feat spiritually using alchemy so like like running across a rooftop or something yeah well maybe a little more extreme than that like, you know, bringing... Well, like, hopping over, like, walking a tightrope over a river or something? That's or, not even alchemy. That's just being a skilled... Well, you said, like, an incredible feat, but... Yeah, as in, like, maybe, like, bringing the dead back to life. Oh, wow. That's gonna cost you something that you have. It's gonna ah. cost you a body part, you know, if you want to pull that off. These guys, to have... These peasants, to have the trip of a lifetime, to see the face of God, to fly like a duck through the sunsets of hell they're gonna have to lose their limbs once once you come to you're like you're just a stub and you're like it was worth it it's worth it i saw i saw the ends of the fibers of the universe you know that is a creepy yet fascinating take rory that that could be another paranormal element to this that whatever processes are happening here are so taxing on the human body. The human body is so little designed to withstand this kind of mainlining the universe into your brain that whenever you come to, your body is falling apart. It's kind of like in, uh, I'm so sorry for bringing this up on the podcast, but Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, spoilers for a terrible film uh <laughs> when, when they get to the end and they you know are talking to the the crystal skulls and they're like well what do you want to know and they're like well we want to know the secrets of the universe and they're like lol okay and as soon as they start beaming it into these people's heads they're like we human brains aren't physically capable of containing those secrets 
It's too much knowledge. It's trying to unload a 200 gigabyte file onto a floppy disk. It melts and it leaks out of the computer. You're trying to run Skyrim on a calculator. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Which, come to think of it, I'm pretty sure was the, also the premise of Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark when they <laughs> opened the Ark of the Covenant. Pretty much every Indiana Jones movie is Indiana Jones finding the thing that you're look that every, the bad guys are looking sure. for, them just ganking it off of him because they've been following him for the whole <laughs> movie, and then them opening it up or getting the secret, which turns out to kill everyone. Which, again, I think happened with the Holy Grail itself. Yep. Someone drank from the cup. They followed Indiana Jones till he found the Grail. Then he stole it, and they all melted, or whatever the hell happens to you turn to bone. <laughs> It's, it's the same thing every time. You could see why they thought the Crystal Skull would work, because as a blueprint, it's the same movie. It's true. And all you've added is Shia LaBeef, who is... Which, on the face of it, should star. be a guaranteed A+. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Me neither. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like, what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, this year has gone by so quickly. What's something that you're proud of in 2024 so far? Go. Mm, Okay. Uh, Well, I managed to capture a deadly cryptid and lock it in my basement. Okay. And tell me, did Mm. you take time to celebrate that win? Oh, yeah, not really. Uh, I'm scared if I let my guard down, it'll escape. In life, it's important that we slow down, acknowledge our progress, and set goals that inspire us. I can't even sleep at night. I'm so scared this thing is going to break out. When it comes to finding time for ourselves and our goals... BetterHelp can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. You can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's time to take a moment and celebrate your wins. What if the win you're celebrating is so big, no basement can hold it? Okay, you might need to move house. But for everyone else, there is BetterHelp. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Fast forward 50 years. It's 2009. Investigative journalist Hank Albarelli is poring over leaked CIA documents for anything interesting he can find, anything that could be a clue or lead to a groundbreaking story, when suddenly... He saw something weird, a line that caught his eye. Regarding Pont Saint-Esprit and F. Olsen files, SO, Span, France, Operation File. 
inclusive Olsen intel files. Hand carry to Berlin. Tell him to see to it that these are buried. Whoa. What was in these documents? And why did they need to be buried? Hank was even more shocked because he recognized two names. Frank Olsen and Berlin. Rory, we've even talked about Frank Olsen on this very podcast. Really? Because Frank Olsen is a very important name in the history of MKUltra. Whoa! For those who won't remember, we covered it in a previous podcast, I don't remember when. Frank Olsen worked for the CIA as a biological warfare scientist and eventually died from being a guinea pig in a secret CIA mind control program called MKUltra. For the listeners, what they need to know right now is MKUltra was a real, very f***ed up, very real CIA mind control experimentation program. Yeah, but but don't don't do too much research into it because that episode's round the corner. All right. Yeah. And we don't want you. To we don't want you guys to be more informed than we are because we're works. not great informed. If that wasn't damning enough, David Berlin was executive director of the Rockefeller Commission created by the White House to investigate the abuses of the CIA throughout history. And like I say, one of the most famous abuses of the CIA in history was the LSD mind control experiments of MKUltra. This information blew the whole case open and the terrifying new prospect was that the CIA poisoned the villagers of Pont Saint-Esprit with LSD to test its effects on human subjects. What we saw happen to these villagers does sound a lot more like <laughs> the side effects of large doses of LSD rather than bre- bread that got rained on a bit too much. Even one paranormal investigator and ufologist, John G. Fuller, wrote a book called The Day of St. Anthony's Fire detailing the extent of what he believed was an international government cover-up. However, even for this batshit insane theory, there was one problem. Just because they hallucinated and just because Frank Olsen was involved doesn't mean that this was LSD. In fact, many of the symptoms suffered by the townspeople don't match LSD. For one thing, LSD isn't active for days at a time. Right. Something more like 8 hours, 8-12 hours. Yeah. It definitely doesn't cause the violent seizures and after effects that some villagers experienced after the hallucinations wore off. Normally, they would expect their subjects to have a very turbulent hallucinatory 8 or 10 hours, right? but then be pretty much fresh as a daisy afterwards. Unless this this case involved men in suits showing up in the village, giving out like, you know when you're at like train stations in London and they're giving out free Diet Cokes outside the station? <laughs> this is maybe what happened similar to there. They're like, hey, you want some, I don't know, super juice? full of vegetables and stuff and they're like yeah i guess i can have some glug 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 this is pretty good oh my god my legs are snakes they run around for like right. eight, hours. eight hours i'm on fire i gotta write poems and then they're like oh my god i'm pretty thirsty after <laughs> all that better make sure that doesn't happen again and increase my daily allowance of super juice and then they start chugging it and they're like oh my god and it all comes back again unless these doses are being administered over the days then, uh, then, yeah, which it doesn't sound like they are because you said some of these men are in hospitals in straitjackets. That's right. Um, so they're not even, unless the doctors are in on it. Guess what's in that IV drip? 200 cc's of f***ing super juice. Guess what? Straight to the jugular. Just as an aside, if ever I'm like getting out of the tube, yeah. um, going into central London, 
and I see the kind of like Diet Coke little flag waving. They got the little promotional bucket. They're handing out the ice cold Diet Cokes. But it's not someone wearing any kind of Coca-Cola merchandise, but rather a six foot two man in black. Yeah. I'm not taking the Coke. I might still. Okay. It's free It's free Diet Coke. I'm not going to say no. You take one sip, your legs just snap in two. Oh! <laughs> it's not even liquid in there. It's just a circuit board. Oh! <laughs> a chip floating in granted Diet Coke. And maybe the most key and damning piece of evidence against this being LSD, LSD couldn't be added to bread in a way that it would survive baking. Right. It's it's extremely volatile, you know, powerful in extremely small doses. But as soon as that thing enters the oven, it's dead. There's Boom, no done. way it has any active component. Is weed the only drug you can bake into stuff? There's got to be others, right? Like no one's having like a crack muffin <laughs> or something like that. You know? Well, they are. You know? It's just not... Oh, yeah, that might just be code not for meth. a big ball of crack. <laughs> I don't know a lot about weed, but am I right in saying you actually can't eat weed unless it's cooked? Doesn't it have to be cooked? You can't just eat weed? I don't... I think well, that's... yeah, I, because you have to smoke... Well, you yeah, burn it. Yeah, you've to, got the whole... I think the whole point, you got to heat it. Jesus, I'm so... But then you smoke crack. <laughs> so then, could you then... But I think you can eat crack. <laughs> Don't read into you this. You can eat crack. Trust me. My teeth are, 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 like, are like the dogs. They're all shot to shit. You can eat crack. Okay. Judging by your voice, Trust me, you know. You obviously eat crack. It's way better when you eat it. So what else could it be? We now know with near certainty that the CIA had some involvement, whether they started all this or just investigated it. But as we've discovered on previous podcasts, in trying to control people's minds and develop new weapons, they have used everything from psychedelics to paranormal abilities like remote viewing and telekinesis. After all, a more paranormal explanation might explain some of the more inexplicable aspects of this story. All the symptoms experienced by the townspeople in any other story in this paranormal life history would be recognized as possession. Yeah. The seizures, the hallucinations, the violent murder attempts on their friends and family that we saw unfold overnight. Is it that no one can find the smoking gun in the hands of the CIA because they weren't using chemicals to poison people, but instead paranormal mind control techniques that we already know they were working on at the time? And finally, the local name for this event is Le Pan Maudit, meaning cursed bread. Is it possible that this is a type of curse that someone placed in the townspeople? That's why it never spread to anywhere but this town of 4,000. Right. Yeah, because presumably a town of 4,000 isn't responsible for cooking and selling their own bread that only stays in their town. They're probably getting some of that imported. Yeah. At this day and age, yeah, it's, it's, that, that would be insane. It's not just all locally resourced. Are any of the above several explanations for what went on that day making sense to you, Rory? From the very logical, from the rainy season bread right yeah. through to the CIA mind control techniques. There's a lot. I'm glad we have a lot of options, you know, because yeah. you don't want to just hone in on one and say, is it real or is it not real? We need to investigate a lot of different options here for this case. I think the more dramatic ones, the paranormal mind control or the town curses, you know, in this case, it's just not grabbing me. I don't see enough reasons uh, as to why this town would be cursed. No one pissed off a witch at the beginning. Not that we that know, we know of, of. Except, you know, the guy ate the wizard's crystal. Uh, to that fall might do it. Bike. That honestly might do it. That could piss a wizard off. 
Um, but yeah, aside from like, as we said, people writing some creepy poetry, there doesn't seem to be too many uh, satanic links or any reason why any of this would be happening. In terms of CIA mind control, yeah, again, I, I, I just don't know what the what that would look like. You know, what form does that take? Is there a radar up in the hills shooting beams down into the town? It definitely could be. I mean, if you look at the the mysterious incident of the of the wasn't it like a Colombian embassy uh, where <laughs> I should probably know this. There was like a sonic attack. Did you hear that? It was in the news a couple of years ago. This sounds yeah really. And it um, it was familiar. like literally one day some employees in an embassy like heard a noise and the next thing. People are like, their eardrums have burst. People are vomiting, getting violently ill. And as far as we're aware, no one was able to work out what happened. And the the general idea was that some other government used some kind of as yet not understood sonic weapon or radio wave weapon. Yeah, I feel like that's not, uh, that's not new news. I feel like, you know, if you go into any of those like, dumb clickbaity internet articles about like whatever ex exper- experimental weapons that mm-hmm. the government has been using definitely sonic weaponry is is right up there um you know even even in recent years looking at like kind of yeah rays or sonic weapons that would like disorientate you as we said burst your eardrums make you feel nauseous anything like that um but i mean anything that could go to this level to convince people that their their legs are snakes to convince ducks to walk upright it's, it's a <laughs> that's the last thing they want to do they hate that <laughs> that's their torture <laughs> uh I, I know what you mean though because we've got a couple of jigsaw piece puzzles that just won't fit we know the cia was there yeah we know the times people got f-ed up we know the cia was heavily investigating hypnosis techniques sure they could have played those hypnosis techniques out of the radio to the townspeople. Yeah. But the bit that doesn't fit, like you're saying, is the sheer severity of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. What could they possibly say through the radio or communicate telepathically that would cause people to believe they were dying? Yeah. At the hands of snakes and tigers. Yeah. Well, the government have a gun and the people have been stabbed and we're trying to put these two together. Well All said. Right? What could be happening here is if the government were actually there and the declassified files say that they were, when the people were experiencing this, maybe we're not looking at LSD, but some other experimental forms of drugs, ones that could last longer, maybe ones with higher doses, ones that would affect people in ways that are more similar to what we're seeing in the town. I think that could be the most plausible explanation. Does that mean that it is paranormal? That's for us to decide, I suppose. I mean, it's not normal. No. It definitely falls under conspiracy if yes. uh, if, it, if that is what happened. Oh, this is a good one. We've, I think we've done it a couple times before where we've landed on a real conspiracy that isn't paranormal. Yes, but in a sense, it is the most, it is paranormal kind of by definition. Not the- supernaturally paranormal. But the fact that a guy thought a snake was eating his brain, multiple guys thought snakes were eating their brains. And- you can't look me in the eyes and say that's fine because <laughs> it's not. 
Every now and again, I have to load up the Oxford English Dictionary of Paranormal just to remind myself what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't be go. We shouldn't be hosting this podcast if we have a very loose understanding of the word paranormal. That should be that should be pretty much decided before we start. Agreed. That being said, I'm ready to conclude. Rory, in the case of Pont Saint Esprit, 1951, August 16th, the events that affected Leon Amounier. What are you saying? Is this paranormal or not? This case is absolutely paranormal. Hell yeah, This brother. is a yes! It's a double this yes! Is a yes! Two weeks in a row, double yeses! Has that ever been done? Has that ever been I done? I don't even know if it has ever been done. That puts a lot of pressure on me Not by science week. or God. Not just us. That means next week, I have to provide a third yes Dude, can you imagine a hat trick, a three for three? Uh, that research is going to be buck wild, all right? <laughs> I'm going to have to be eating crack muffin after crack muffin. My limbs are going to be falling off. I'll be in this chair as just a head made of copper. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother's going to wheel you in in a straight jacket and wheelchair into the recording booth. You just hit record on the Zoom. I lean into the mic and say yes. And then my head dissolves into ash. Your eyes roll back into your head. <laughs> And a little army of ducks comes and picks me up and escorts me out of the building. Hey, what an episode. Listen, hey. That was great. Thank you so much, Tommy, for sending that one in. Uh, Woo! What a case. He, he, You know, he called at the beginning, this case has a lot to give and has not told all its secrets. Well said, Tommy. That was a, a roller coaster. Beautiful. Guys, you, you must have your own thoughts about this one. Maybe you know a little something. Maybe you were there that day. Hell, maybe you are a descendant of Frank Olson himself and you want to set the record straight. Send it on in to this Paranormal Life podcast at gmail.com. Remember, everyone, that a great place to hang out with other listeners of This Paranormal Life is the This Paranormal Life uh, Secret Society over on Facebook. Yep. You can follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash this para life, Facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life. But a little less mentioned place to hang out is the, uh, let's give a shout out to the subreddit. Yeah, definitely. Over on R, this paranormal life to the uninitiated, head over to Reddit, search this paranormal life, you'll find it. There's a bunch of people hanging out in there. And if you are Reddit inclined, that's the place to be. Yeah, I can't tell. I, I don't really use Reddit a lot, so it kind of confuses me a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me old or young these right. days, um, but you know I've frequented the um, this paranormal life Reddit. Bunch of lovely guys all chatting about the episodes. Cool place to hang out. Definitely check it out. Absolutely. And if you just cannot wait till next Tuesday to get your fix of this paranormal life, if you want to get more episodes right here, right now, let it be known that they exist. They're already over on Patreon dot com forward slash this paranormal life where five bucks gets you access to every bonus episode we've ever done there's uh, approaching 30 of them Woo! which is definitely enough to keep you going until tuesday you might not be able to cook cocaine in a waffle but you can do the next best thing which is cook your mind with bonus content because this paranormal life is a drug, all right? And you need to take one dose weekly. But sometimes you get the shakes. You go you 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 blew your wad all at once and now you got no episodes. So if you if you want to if you don't want to go cold turkey and you need a hit of that good stuff, we got the bonus episodes. 
for a little, but they're going to cost you a little, <laughs> a little extra. We give you the tasters for free, but the bonus episodes, they're going to cost you. If you're checking out the Patreon for the first time, we have for the last couple of years offered shout outs on the Patreon. We've had to put a pause on that, guys. You can still get bonus episodes on the $5 tier, t-shirts on the $20 tier. But until we catch up with the backlog of names we got at the moment, uh, we're just putting that on pause. They may reappear uh, in the future, but we will let you know. At the $100 tier. (laughs) That's right. When they come back, they're going to cost you. So if you're really curious, you can hold out for that. But there's still plenty of stuff over on Patreon. Obviously, anyone who has pledged up to this date, obviously your shout out is still coming. The lucky ones who got in before inflation. Well done. (laughs) So with that being said, special thank you to Margaret Helen Nishtad. Margaret is into niche dad activities. <laughs> oh. You know, most dads, they like drinking beer. They sure. like uh, watching sports, maybe. Watching the big game Doing on a little Sunday. DIY around the, the house. Margaret's into some niche dad activities. Okay. Sure, she'll watch the big game on a Sunday. Sure. But the big game... Is croquet. That is niche. That's absolutely niche. It is niche. And the beer? Wine. No. Yeah. Unbelievably Crates niche. Crates of wine. wine and croquet? Yeah. I'm starting to think, Margaret, are you even a father? I'm starting to think you, that you don't even have a child, that you just have a pet. That would be an incredibly niche dad thing to, to do. It would be, yeah. But another niche dad thing she's into is Paranormal Podcasts. <laughs> which we love. Thank you for your support, Margaret. Thanks also to Kieran Kevlar Brooks. Kieran Kevlar Brooks from Kieran Kevlar's Books? The hottest bookshop that sells books specially designed to conceal weapons. Oh. Like you see the ones that are hollowed out to, um, like you could put a gun in it or a knife in it or a bottle of whiskey, God forbid. Wow. Yeah. I think he's lost more money uh, buying and hollowing out books than he's made actually selling. Which is impressive because books. books are dirt, dirt ass cheap. Yeah, you can just pick up, but he, he, he refuses to pick up like secondhand books. Oh, he wants he's going first edition. First shit. edition, pris, pristine, preferably signed by the author. Just imagining Kieran at a book signing of like the, some J.K. Rowling uh, book <laughs> signing. And she's like, she's like, oh, nice to meet you. Have you read all my books? And he's like, I can't read. <laughs> Thank you also to Jess Sortelli. When Jess is stressed, she makes a mess. That's how she deals with it. Well, just smashes stuff? Smashes stuff, smearing dirt on the walls. <laughs> Whatever gets the mess from the head out into the world, that solves the problem. That's a destructive attitude. It is, but it works. And now Jess is serene as a... She did it again. She did it again. She's just... I noticed she doesn't smash any of her stuff. It's all our stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that as well. I'm, I want to bring it up, but I'm scared she'll smash things again because it's quite a stressful situation to be accused of breaking all my things. Thanks also to Adam Burke. Adam Burke likes his steaks burnt. Well, bad? Terrible. Not rare, not medium rare. Burnt. And he says it like that too. They're like... How, how do you like your steak burnt to a crisp? Wow. And they're like, are you, are you okay? Why? You know, this steak is $500 and he's like, yeah, now burn it for me. I think he just likes seeing things incinerated. Yeah. It's that's like messed up. You don't have to pay for a nice steak to, you could burn, you could burn some wood and that's just a fire. 
Maybe he's like a fireman. Maybe firemen just get so used to things being charred and toasty that it just becomes like a homely smell. Yeah, they can't go back to rare. <laughs> Thanks also to Tommy Davidson. Tommy gone over here hollows out guns and puts books in them. <laughs> Why? This is for the learned and intelligent soldier stuck <laughs> in the desert, bored out of his mind. To spread misinformation and propaganda at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, bullets? Magazine articles. Oh, nice. That's good. Thank you to Fred Barton and Kate Schultz. Fred and Kate? From Fred and Kate's Wedding Cakes? Oh, wow. I've eaten so many of their cakes. I'm, I'm not even married or even been to a wedding where one is served. They're no. just so damn good. Yeah, exactly. I order $500 cakes every single weekend just to chow on. You got to do something good on cheat day. <laughs> and face it, we're paranormal investigators. We're not settling down. We're not going to get married. No. I, I, I like the hunt. All right. I like to chase Bigfoot. I don't want to settle down with Bigfoot. If he wants to pull up a chair and have a slice of cake, for sure. But, you know, if Bigfoot, if Bigfoot's looking for a serious thing, actually, no, I, I could get into that, actually. Oh, so you are happy to settle Yeah, down? I was like, I was just thinking, you know, like, because I like the hunt and stuff, but also, like, you know, kind of lonely, kind of lonely as shit. And it's like, there's not a lot, I don't have a lot to do, like, on the weekends and things, so that would actually be, um, that would be pretty fun to, like, just have someone have like because i'm eating all the cake right now myself yeah it's quite wow. a big cake it's like seven tiers it's enormous and I'm, I'm having to freeze it and there's just not enough space anymore yeah uh, so i'm binning a lot of them so just yeah get in get in touch bigfoot you never call <laughs> thanks also to matt giddens matt giddens has a whole host of flat kittens these things are paper mario style 2d how did he did he make them they don't purr they just kind of flap around like a piece of paper like <laughs> This sounds illegal. This sounds super illegal. Well, you know the way they bred wolves into being sausage dogs? No. They bred cats into being flats. Little... <laughs> they bred cats to being flats. You save a lot on pet food. I'll say that much. Yeah. So between you and me, they poop all the same. What, 3D? The poops are almost bigger than them. Thanks also to Richard Scott Apsley. Richard's got apps leaving his phone. What? Richard's got apps leaving his phone. He's managed to delete so many apps off of his phone. He's got apps leaving his phone. He's deleted them all. He's deleted photos. He's deleted the call button. He's jailbroken his phone. So it's not phone. a phone anymore. He needs to stay off the, the, the net. All right. Oh. And stay stay out of the light for a little bit. All right. Because he actually got in some some deep shit. I don't think I want to know him. You, if, yeah. If you don't have a call button on your phone, I don't want to know you. I don't know how you even got on page. How are you listening to the podcast? You obviously don't have the podcast app. Richard's got apps. Lee ving his phone. <laughs> Thanks also to Charlotte Evans. Charlotte Evans has come from the heavens. <laughs> That's right. We were borderline bankrupt before you showed up with your five bucks a month. All right. We shouldn't. That's a bad business. It's a te- it's a terrible business. It's a bad. You know how much we've been spending on new homes of the paranormal commune just to get people with a with a roof over their head. Pretty nice roof, to be fair. That's where a lot of the cash is going. Yeah. I mean, it, granted, it's just the roof. 
There's yeah. no walls. There's no windows. There's no anything. But you know, we put we put a roof over their heads. And it's got those new Tesla solar panels on top. So Beautiful. like, it's the the roof is state of the art. Yeah. However, the walls are severely lacking. That is to say, they don't exist. But but Charlotte, every bit of your support will help build those walls. <laughs> Five bucks a month. All we can afford is paper. Thank you to Jesse Stone. Jesse Stone keeps a stressy home. Oh no. Jesse adopted 27 flat cats. The 2D cats? The 2D cats, the very same. And whenever they're turned perpendicular to her, it's just, it's stressful. Oh, Jesse. I told you how much they poop, but suddenly, as soon as she tries to like get them out of the house, they turn 90 degrees and now they're invisible. Thanks also to Cy Collier. Cy Collier is a shy caller. I get phone calls from this guy, and I swear to God, I'm like, hey, Kicker Movena here, paranormal investigator at large. How can I help? Oh, it's, it's uh, Cy here. Cy, Cy. Sorry, I, I can't wondering. hear you. You need was, to speak up. I was just wondering if you've done my shout out yet. F off, Cy. <laughs> Stop calling. If you're going to ask me, at least have the cojones to speak at an audible volume. Every time you call, Cy, we bump you back. A hundred, all right? <laughs> Let that be a lesson for the rest of you. <laughs> Shy callers. <laughs> Thank you to Rico Scheller. Rico Scheller, the cheat code seller. Nice, dude. Whatever the game, whatever console you're playing on. If he's the game got is it. life? Yeah, he's got cheat codes for life. He's, no, a, dr he's just... a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's a drug dealer who also has guns. <laughs> The cheat code is you give him money and he gives you whatever weapon you want. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Thank you to Edward Lewis. So we all know what forward is. We all know what backwards is. What's Edward? <laughs> is this some f***ed up new direction that you're trying to take us, Lewis? I think Edward is when you put your legs in your mouth and consume your own body. Like an Uroboros, like a snake eating its own tail. It absolutely is, until you just kind of cease to, you enter a new direction, which isn't defined by 3D space. That's deep, dog. It's crazy. Oh, wait, no, sorry. It's it's northeast. Oh. That's what Edward is. Right, right. Moving northeast. Sorry, I was confused. Yeah, we got a little carry away. I thought you said so. Jedward. <laughs> That's when you shit yourself live on stage. Thank you to Reby Ferguson. We all remember Furbies. No one really remembers Reebies. <laughs> uh, you know, because Furbies were like the little fluffy babies Adorable. that you would get. Reebie was like the old man version of that and the old, what, the old person version of that, which was this like little monster that could barely even open their eyes. It was so scared and aggressive, and I think even a little bit racist at one point. Wow. It was a terrible toy. For kids as well. I know. Reebies... Honestly, I don't even know what the demographic was for them. You Maybe old people. You couldn't even talk to the Reby. You would say something and they would just go, What? I said, are you hungry, Reby? What? Thank you to Thomas Lindsay Turner. Thomas has a bomb ass. That's right, after losing both cheeks on the front line. Jesus. He was involved in an experimental military operation where they replaced his buns with bombs. Interesting. Very so, poetic. Yeah, he's like a he's a walking time bomb, you know? At any point he can go off. He has to sit on very decorative cushions anywhere he goes. But he's probably the most valuable weapon that uh, that any country has ever possessed. And now he's <laughs> ours. Welcome to the commune. 
Thanks also to... We need to talk about ghosts. Well, I mean, you're just preaching to the converted here. Exactly. Um, you don't need to tell us. You come to the right place, I guess. Tell the non-believers. But you are uh, we're glad to have you here because in the commune, people are stopping believing me and Rory. Yeah. I think we've talked a lot of shit over the years and they don't really take us literally anymore. So someone to come in and talk a lot of rational sense about ghosts is actually appreciated. Kind of like how you have someone come in and speak to the kids at school. You're like, <laughs> all right, you don't respect the teachers? <laughs> well, we got this person who's here to talk about ghosts. <laughs> He's got about five minutes of respect before the kids start pelting him with tomatoes. They're like, do you have any questions for this teacher? Why don't we have any walls? All right, this is the session time's over. Everyone get out of here. <laughs> Everyone back to your roof. <laughs> Thanks to he who comes by night. He who comes by night is sounds like a really cool person, but he's actually super afraid of the dark. So unless he's wearing night vision goggles, um, has a, a super high-tech industrial flashlight, he's pretty useless. I mean, he'll he'll come by night, but he's scared shitless. He's wow. not doing much. Yeah, bad call. I know. His part. Come by day. Come by day, like most of us. And lastly, but not leastly, thank you so much to Violet, Violet the pilot. Violet Ooh. is is captain of the skies, king or queen of the airways. Right. N- name literally any any airfaring vessel, and they can fly it. A Boeing seven three seven. Well, not that big, obviously. That's like too. That's like it's way too big. Plane, no, we're talking yeah. like you know, like a, like a, a one person kind of craft, like, like a F eighteen fighter jet. Oh no, too fast. Absolutely too fast. No, they're more of like an old school flying machines. Jets are, I mean, pretty fast by definition. I mean, to well, I didn't say jet. Flight. I said like flying machine, like a pilot, like an old school pilot, like a scarf. And the goggles and right. the hat. So like a prop plane. Oh, no. Far too old, old and rickety. <laughs> Way too fast for a start. <laughs> What's the one, you know, giant with the balloon in the hot air? <laughs> What's that plane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. You don't have to fly the f- thing. You just get in it and doze off. Uh, so maybe maybe not maybe not master of the skies necessarily. You'll but, get there, Violet. But, you know, likes it up there. Thank you to everyone we've shouted out today and everyone we're going to shout out in the coming weeks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new paranormal tale. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>